Hello everyone and welcome back to Movie Dudes. I'm Phil. And I'm Alec. And today we are finally going to be talking about Wong Kar Wai because today's episode is about Chongqing Express. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. So uh, Chongqing Express, as I said, directed by uh, Wong Kar Wai in uh, 1994, I think. Uh, yes, 1994. Yeah. Um. So I guess we could kind of do a uh, synopsis of the of the film to start us off. Sure thing. The film basically the film basically is uh, two two different stories. The first one is about a uh, a cop who recently was um, who recently broke up with uh, broke up with his girlfriend and who fell in love with a um, I guess a. a, a a criminal and didn't fully understand what she was doing. She was doing something with like drugs or whatever. Uh, who in the movie is always wearing a blonde wig, and ba- basically is just about like the first half of the film is him, uh, you know, uh, starting to to deal with his breakup and uh, falling in love with her, and uh, the second half is another love story with a policeman. Uh, this time it's with. Uh, a woman who works at a um, at a fast food restaurant who um, get falls in love with a guy to the point where she kind of like gets a bit creepy. Starts to um, go to his place, starts cleaning his place when he's not there without him knowing. Um, it's a really weird story until uh, the end where uh, she she ends up going to California, which is something that she talks about a lot during the movie. Um, and yeah, I just realized I did a very quick synopsis. That was very quick, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just peed on that shit. But uh, I mean, honestly, like there isn't really that much like, whoa, the, the, that much like, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like people living their life. and uh, It is, yeah. Um, but I guess, I mean, you really, yeah. With, with the first one, um, there's like a bit more... Uh, other things to talk about but the second one is it's pretty cut and dry it's like yeah you mm-hmm. know she redecorates his place yeah. they talk it's, it's pretty cut and dry but the first one is like you said about uh about a you know about a cop but a young guy uh who recently broke up uh with a girl named may uh and she broke up with him on uh, april fool's day so he kind of takes it as a joke but decides to uh he decides to buy uh, little tins of uh, pineapple uh, with the with the expiration date for May first, uh, which is also his birthday. Uh, basically, him saying like, you know, if uh, if she isn't back with me on May first, then that means that our love really is dead. Uh, so he, mm-hmm. you know, he does that, <laughs> and. Uh, and we we basically come in and around the time that it's May first, and he eats all the pineapple in rapid succession, and then goes out and meets um, the woman in the blonde wig, uh, and they drink together. They go back to a hotel. She sleeps. He watches some uh, some TV. Um, then in the morning he. Like kind of kind of cleans up the uh, hotel room a little bit and then leaves. Uh, and as he's out as he's out jogging, he receives a message on his pager from the woman saying happy birthday. 
and that's the end of that story pretty much it it's not a very complicated plot but the no. i don't know the I, I guess the way that i would describe chunking express is like i don't know i i think it's probably Wong Kar Wai's best use of like um not metaphors i guess just use of like just simple love stories <laughs> yeah 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 how to how to tell a story that is like pretty basic but tell well oh yeah and make it interesting yeah um so well so all right this is my i don't know if you want to go further into the synopsis or if we could directly I mean, go into uh there, there isn't really much else to i guess say <laughs> right um well i mean i guess to so, elaborate mm-hmm. to elaborate a little bit on how um the girl mm-hmm. uh, in the second story Faye, gets into the cop pl- played by a uh, tony tony lung uh like how she gets into his apartment is that uh the cop's ex-girlfriend basically comes around to the restaurant that he frequents that Faye works at uh and it's just like oh here here's a uh, this letter give it to him and everybody in the cafe starts reading the letter and she discovers that it comes with keys and so she tries to give it back to the cop but he's like I don't. I don't want it, and so she takes the keys and starts cleaning up his apartment mm-hmm. until she's discovered. And then they try and go out on a date, and then she goes to California. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, with that out of the way, yeah, we can just go into like notes. Yeah. Um. Well, so all right, that was my second time watching the movie, and overall, it was it's my third. Uh, third Wonka Wire film that I've seen. The other ones are In the Mood for Love and uh, Fallen Angels. But you have seen quite a lot more from uh, Wonka Wire, especially from, yes. for uh, Chugging Express, I think. Yes, um, I've seen... Well, I own the um, Criterion Collection uh, recent box set of World of Wonka Wire, which features the uh, new 4K restorations, which are the more widely uh, available ones right now. Um but I've seen about seven of his movies, which is not all of them. I think he has like three or four more that I haven't seen. Um, but I've seen yeah. Chunking Express on its own. This would probably be the fourth time. Um, I would say three times hmm. of those was um, the new 4K restoration. And then uh, a few months ago, one of my professors was able to get a copy of the uh, original cut, which... Um, I was able to watch and I don't know. I have some, I have some notes about that, but we can get into that whole thing later. (laughs) I didn't even know there was another version of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Which, what, what version or, okay. What, um, what'd you watch it on? Uh, the Criterion channel. Okay. Yeah. That's the, that's the new, uh, cut that he did. I'm guessing the same on the. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing the same on their blue races as Criterion. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Fair enough. Um well alright. Um I guess we can just uh start talking about our our notes that we've written about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um So hold on. First of all I wanna talk about the uh, I wanna talk about the intro sequence of the movie, which is first few like i want to say the first five minutes of the movie just introducing uh the two main characters for the first um for for the first story of the movie 
which I think is just in terms of rhythm and in terms of like directing and everything, I think is like so. I think it's perfect. Like it's oh, a perfect yeah, it's, piece of cinema. It's amazing. It's it's so mm -hmm. like expertly crafted in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, that it really seems like it took so long to complete, but that's not even true. Which I don't know if you know too much about the um, backstory of Chunking Express. Yeah, um, well, I heard that. I, I heard that it was that he was uh, he was editing his movie Ashes of Time, and while he was editing it, he uh, he was kind of like burnt out from it and wanted to do work on something else. So he wrote Chunking Express. Mm. Uh, to kind of like get get ashes of time out of his mind for a bit. Yeah, what I I remember I wrote um I think I <laughs> I wrote a I wrote an essay <clears throat> an essay uh on Chunking Express last semester for one of my classes. Hmm. Um, and I kind of did a deep dive into the whole thing about it, and that it's like I believe they ordered or the the studio that was giving Wong Kar Wai the money for Ashes of Time ordered, like, a bunch of, like, special effects stuff. Or just, they, they they ordered something to do with post-production that Wong Kar Wai did not need to be a part of. And being burnt out from editing the film, which was such a mess in his eyes that he released a, a re-edit of the film years later. Um, hmm. So he was so burnt out that he just decided... Screw it! I'm gonna to get together a bunch of the actors that that I know. Some of them that were in Ashes of Time, uh, some of them that have been in previous Wong Kar Wai films, and he's just and he just went out into the streets of Hong Kong and made Chunking Express in two months. It was two months. <laughs> that's that's fucking crazy. It is so insane. And then he just went right back to work on Ashes of Time. So it's like. Chunking Express, it, it, to him, it, I think he he's quoted as saying it was one of the things that like helped him fall back in love with making movies, which I can totally mm. see that because it oh, feels yeah. like it feels like such a I don't even know what the word would be. It just feels relaxing. Like I don't know what it is. Chunking Express, and to an extent, a lot of Wong's uh, movies is just it brings kind of like a refreshing feeling of like oh this is this is relaxing i like watching this yeah there is it it is like a vibe it is it really it movie. really is <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's, yeah um actually what was i gonna say uh fuck i don't remember um oh yeah i was talking about the uh the intro which kind of like made me realize something, which is how much I, I noticed just how much Wonkawa likes when his characters are like narrating the the story and telling this their uh, telling their story through a uh, voiceover, which like happens in Chunking Express. I'm pretty sure it happens also in Falling Angels and in the Mood mm -hmm. for Love. Uh, I, I don't remember and, too much about in the in the Mood for Love, but I'm sure it does. And I think it does. Yeah. But also, like, it really gives us, like, the best lines in the entire movie. <laughs> Just, like, any scene with 
one of the main male characters alone in their apartment just oh talking about God. their life. Uh, <laughs> like, whether it's... My favorite scene by far in the entire movie is when... Uh, what's his name? Uh, well, when uh, the, the first main character um, is eating the, the pineapple and he's... It's it's such a good scene in general, and he's as someone he's just like uh, <laughs> going to his dog and being like, "Want some?" And uh, he says like, "Oh, people say that dogs are the humans' favorite, um, humans' best friend. So why can't they live through your grief with you or something <laughs> like that?" Which is so like, I don't know. There's something so funny about that. Uh, <laughs> And there's another one who's just like uh, with the Tony Leung at the um, in the second story where you're just like talking to like some plushies that he's got in his apartment, <laughs> just brushing them. He's just like, oh, and when he's talking to his sub and it's like, hmm, you've lost weight recently. <laughs> it's there's there's something there's something so funny about that. But there's something so I, I don't even. I don't even have a word for it, but there's there's something that I just love so much about it that's so I don't know human my, in a way. My personal favorite uh, Tony Leung uh, apartment scene is when he's uh, talking to the plush of Garfield, uh, and he's mm. and he's like, "Oh, you've uh, you put on some weight, but you look rather cute now." And it's just such a it's just such a fun little. <laughs> throwaway scene that means nothing but is mm-hmm. so cool <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah. talking to his towels it's... he's like you're ragged now mm-hmm. it's not her being gone is not a reason for you to let yourself go <laughs> and that's it's also so smart because it's like it, it is he's talking to, to like the object random objects in his house but he's also like it's almost him talk finding a way to talk to himself about what he's feeling through the the breakup it's it's so clever. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, um, there's something too in this movie that I noticed is only there in the first story, which is those uh, very like uh, th- those very cool shots uh, with a very low shutter speed, which yeah. basically gives the like basically shutter speed uh, is what like one of the most basic settings in the camera and it if you lo- lower it and it's gonna make it as if it was like less uh, like frames in per per seconds and uh, it it gives it kind of like a dreamlike aesthetic and it's used a lot uh, in the scenes basically any scene that has like some kind of action um, especially any any scene where we see the main character as like you know his cop life chasing uh criminals mm-hmm. um and i remember when i first uh watched the film i was like really surprised by you know those shots being in the movie and i um i think i googled like what's the meaning behind those shots and i didn't really fi- find anything that truly answered the question but i think it's i don't really know what, why they're there but i i love them I um, I think my personal favorite um, example of those are in the um, second story though is like when he's hmm. like uh, when he when he's in the um, the uh, restaurant with um, hmm. with uh, Faye and he like sips the coffee and it's all like slow and yeah. all the people are walking by and it's the same thing of when he's in the uh, 
the restaurant at the end and like the juke he's at the jukebox mm, and yeah, everyone's true. passing by. Like those shots are just like stunning. <laughs> yeah, I forgot I forgot about those. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, there's like some really good shots in this, but it's in general the the, the movie also has like, a vibe of like you know they they made the movie really quick, so I assume they had a very small team of just like you know pe- people making sure that the shot looks right, and maybe a guy like a, a sound guy making sure that you can hear what they're saying. Um, but it really has a f- feeling of like in a small independent movie yeah. of just like people sh- shooting like people living their life, which is something that I really like. It just it feels um, it feels really close. Like all, yeah, that's all of exactly it is, right. It's all close, and it, it feels, mm-hmm. it feels exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I wish I wish I had another way to say it, but like that movie, so that movie is a vibe. Oh it's yeah, a really good vibe. It, it, I love it's, it. It's immaculate. It's so good. Um, mm-hmm. I guess a, a couple of notes I had pertain to. Uh, mm-hmm. This is mainly what I was. I, or this is one of the points I've always wanted to talk about in terms of like if we ever or when we ever talked about Chunking Express, um, is mm-hmm. I guess right. the difference between the cuts that I've noticed at least. Um, mm. Obviously, like one of these days, I'm wanting to get my hands on the original cut because I know that the, it still exists out there on like earlier DVDs that are out of production. But. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of different, uh, I think, take changes. Like, they use different takes. Uh, there's hmm. specifically in um, the second story, a lot of things are kind of changed uh, in order. Like, there's... there's it, it. I wouldn't say it feels better, but it really... It works in a different kind of way. Like, I like both of the cuts probably equally as much but for some reason like the set the, the first like the original cut just makes me go like ah oh, that this is nice but um mm-hmm. i guess one of the uh one of the other things i noticed that they changed i'm not really sure why they did it is they um they did a new uh english translation for the uh 4k restoration All for right. criterion uh, and it doesn't change much except for uh, the first character, the, the first uh, male character cop, uh, his uh, pager, um, his password changes from or um, how it is in the 4K restoration, which is uh, undying love. In the original, it's uh, love for mm-hmm. a thousand years. And um, huh. yeah. And I think it works a little better, especially with a line he has near the end of the, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, near, near the end of uh, his story, which is, uh, you know, if love had an expiration, or if a uh, memory had an expiration date, I want it to be for a thousand years. Or something like that. Mm. Which works a little better, but, you know. It doesn't really change right. much, but it was just a little thing I noticed. And as well as... um color correction that's a big thing in a lot of these uh oh a lot of these um a lot of these wong car uh restorations for the criterion set is 
a lot of them are colored very differently. Um, like, uh, I think the, hmm. the example a lot of people point to is, um, their restoration of, uh, in the mood for love, um, which mm-hmm. changes a lot of the, uh, scenes that are kind of, there's still a lot of scenes that are bathed in like the infamous or like not the, infamous, the, the iconic, like red color of the movie, but yeah, some of them are made to be a little bit more green and uh especially films like uh days of being wild are like very green like that's that is the very dominant color in that movie um huh yeah and it's it's very strange i would like to watch the original cuts someday but um you know i think i don't think it changes too much Mm -hmm. but uh trying to think of other like notes for the story that i had i got one that i want to that i want to mention sure. is uh so i watched um chucking express last night mm-hmm. and ever since that moment i have had the same song stuck deep in my brain that was a thing i forgot and i'm guessing to it's down. gonna be this yep <laughs> it's i'm guessing it probably is the same thing for you like mm-hmm. I knew I was forgetting something. So, so the song <laughs> "California Dreaming" by uh, uh, by the Mamas and the Papas, which is a uh, a band that was very popular in the '60s. Uh, the the song plays all the time in the second story, like the, when they start the the second story they they do it they do the transition by starting the song and that's the song that they use to introduce the the characters yeah it, it happens um, it literally comes in the frame that like Faye come yeah. that Faye and, enters the movie mm-hmm. and by the way like when the song started i got massive goosebumps like i was like Ooh, oh hell yeah like the first time you watch the movie and like you keep mm-hmm. hearing it, it's it's almost a feeling of like, oh, why is why is this repeating so much? But every time you watch the movie after that, you're immediately like, oh yes, it's back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's and it it's also kind of like there's never gonna be a single moment in my life where I'm gonna hear the the song California Dreaming and not think of Chonking Express. Oh yeah, no, so like me neither. <laughs> in a weird like marketing marketing way like it's good way to remember the movie oh yeah it's like oh what's chunking express uh what's uh chunking express again yeah the movie that constantly uses california dreaming yeah yeah um <laughs> uh, <laughs> it does also help that it's a really good song but yeah it's it's true uh it it helps that yeah. the soundtrack choices for this movie are fantastic um uh, like that's, there's yeah, th- yeah that's something that i noticed too yeah like there's hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up I'm gonna pull it up right now because I'm forgetting the name of some of it. Um, yeah, let's see, Chunking Express soundtrack. Um, what's what's really interesting too that I sorry that oh, that yeah, I yeah, noticed is that uh, you see, so you know that's not a movie that has like uh, you know a soundtrack that was made by a composer like to, to you know make music for the movie. It's more one Correa that was like, oh, I want to put this song and this song by pre-existing uh you know pre-existing songs by you know artists that didn't make it for for a movie um and i think that's really a, a lot of a lot of the movie 
a lot of the music in the movie are just songs that the the characters are listening to instead of like just music in the background of the movie which i think really makes it like more uh forgot the word but it's like easier to get into the movie yeah it repeat a lot of the music um, um yeah not just california dreaming but a lot of the music repeats mm-hmm. uh quite a bit yep like um there's in the uh first story the main song that continues to repeat is a uh, things in life by dennis brown which is the kind of uh bump 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 uh song that uh plays in all of the uh <laughs> blonde wig uh characters uh yeah. scenes which if you're wondering why we're not calling her by her name she doesn't have one that's her character's mm. name <laughs> yeah um yeah obviously there's california dreaming uh there's what a difference a day made by dinah washington um there's uh there's there's this so okay i'm I'm assuming a good number of people would probably be familiar with the song uh dreams by the cranberries because it was a pretty big like um it it was a pretty big song for that band uh but um in the movie and especially mm-hmm. in the credits and in uh a scene in the 4k restoration i believe it's different uh for the original cut um but they use a cover done by Faye wong which is the uh actress for Faye. so she sings that uh, and she sings it good because it's a very good cover <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's a really good soundtrack and i think there's there's one more which is know who you are at every age by the cocteau twins which i think is the song that plays in the restaurant near the end of the movie i can't be too sure though i just it's listed here (laughs) i'm not sure yeah yeah but yeah it's maybe for a movie Mm -hmm. that like uh for a movie that like doesn't have too many songs in it i guess it like it uses them in such a great way <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um but they there's also i mentioned the uh transition between uh the first and second story but i mm-hmm. just think like it's so that's another great moment in the movie where it's just like the first main male character that like uh uh sees Faye and is like this is the closest we've ever been and uh and unfortunately she she fell in love with another with another man and then california dreaming starts and it's like the the introduction it's such a cool moment story and i love (laughs) it so much it's such a cool moment Uh, in both that like whole sync up with california dream and and the fact that it uh parallels the beginning where uh the first lines in the movie are when he bumps into um the woman in the blonde wig and he says this is the closest we ever got just 0.1 centimeters between us and then Mm -hmm. and then 57 hours later we fell in love or i or like i fell in love with her and then like the movie starts and then then it comes back when the story switches over so perfect oh my god <laughs> how did he do mm-hmm. this in two it's months so, yeah it's, it's so, so wild <laughs> i know right it's it really is like incredibly impressive um 
the 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 last note uh the last note i have is uh i just wrote one car y is incredible with colors i don't remember what scene i wrote that for but i mean it's correct <laughs> it, it could honestly be any scene <laughs> yeah i 100 percent agree with you he is amazing Yeah, go ahead. It's oh yeah. Uh, kind of like to get to to give the one criticism. The main reason why this movie is a four and a half to me, four and a mm. half out of five, and not a five star, is I do feel like the second story is a bit too, a bit too long. I think or a bit there's it a does, part. It does the, drag a little bit. The the part in the middle where she like there's a like a montage sequence where she they they show Faye going into the cop's house and cleaning his apartment with uh, I don't know what song playing in the background. That's the part where I was kind of like, all right, let's get move on, please. Like I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, my thing. It's, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. To be to be honest, I remember it, and th- and this is the main reason I tried really hard to find a copy of the original cut to watch before this episode so i would know what i was talking about but i just couldn't uh because Mm. i remember in the original Mm. cut i remember that like that like part of the movie being so much more entertaining and i don't remember why so (laughs) i will talk about it Hmm. in the future i promise once i (laughs) once i rewatch that cut right (laughs) yeah if we ever if we ever make like a Fallen Angels episode or another episode, oh of yeah, Walker definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the end though, it still is like a, the second story still is really good, and overall the movie is one of my favorite movies that I watched last year, and also uh, one of the movies that I end up thinking about the most. I know oh, this I, th- I really think about is it a like lot too. stuck in my head. Yeah, it's definitely it's it, made it, it's made its way into like my my top movies ever because it's just so iconic and so yeah. like it is so immediately like every time I watch it I'm reminded how much I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said it's a four and a half, but I mean honest, let's be honest, it's a high four and a half. Oh, it's very high. Yeah. Uh, very high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I said I like the, what I said is like the one thing that makes it like a four and a half. Is that it's just like um, a, just that little bit of like uh, just, you know, just a little thing. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Completely. It's like it's like a four. It's like a four point nine. <laughs> but, um, also like it, it still is to me like definitely without a doubt. Wong Kar Wai's best movie, and I mean, I've yet to see his others, but like, mm-hmm. I doubt that his other ones are going to be better. I'm sure they're going to be good, but yeah. I doubt that they're going to be better. The only one that comes close to me is 2046, uh, which mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why I like that movie so much more than like, you know, in yeah. the mood for love or something like that. But I don't know why it hit me. It hit with me really well. Um, and Fallen Angels is really good too. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, you know, Fallen yeah. Angels like the the story behind Fallen Angels is it was supposed to be the a third story in Chunking Express, but like Bonkar, I thought it would be too much to put all three movies 
all th- all three stories in the same movie, so he decided to make another entire movie for Fallen Angels. Yeah. Uh and I really like it. It re- it's really good. Like he makes mm. he makes another movie for Fallen Angels and it's basically the same kind of structure of Chunking mm. Express. Uh but like mm. with with you know with that third story and a new fourth story added in. So it really is like a like a spiritual yeah. sequel to Chunking Express. And it's just um mm. it's good. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it someday. I yeah. know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I know I mentioned it in like a previous episode when I first saw it uh, a few months ago. But yeah. So <laughs> do I have? Hold on. Do I do I have anything else that I want to talk about? I'm sure I do. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't really like care to uh, write in my notes because I thought like, oh, I'm gonna remember it. And I think there is some stuff that I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure there is. Hmm, that's a shame. Um, the only thing I forgot about was was uh, California Dreamin', and I was like, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you kind of have to. Yeah, you can't, um, you can't mention this movie without it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. It's, I don't know. There's... I'm trying to remember what his name is. The, I think another big thing uh, that make makes Wong Kar Wai's movies and Chunking Express, you know, in general, um, or like uh, a specific or especially is the incredible visuals done by uh, Wong Wong Kar Wai and uh, his uh, cinematographer Christopher Doyle. Um, mm-hmm. and oh my. God, some of the shots in this movie are just insane. Yeah. Like, I, I, legitimately, I have been wanting to get some of those shots framed and put up on my wall above my computer for months. I don't know why I haven't done it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, yeah, it was like, uh, Honestly, I don't know how I'm gonna pick the uh, the picture for the thumbnail because I feel like I have so much. Choice. That's exactly what I was thinking about earlier. No, because like <laughs> usually it's kind of easy, even though a lot of the movies we talk about, yeah, you know, even though the movies, I mean, we... a lot of movies have like a, a a lot of movies have like that one shot. Yeah, that it's like a lot of the movies we're talking about, or a lot of the movies that we talk about are, you know, visually stunning in a lot of ways, like. Like like silent voice or um mm-hmm. or like I'm trying to think of another I I'm sure there's one that I had like a lot of trouble with and I can't remember it yeah. but like with but, this I mean, movie yeah. it is legitimately mm-hmm. so hard because I was thinking that any yeah, like, shot that I saw could be like a thumbnail <laughs> if if you look at our thumbnails for uh like Spirited Away. Punch Drunk Love, The Shining, those are like yeah. iconic shot and definitely the most iconic sh- uh, shot in their movie. So you know that that was an obvious one, but like for Chunking Express, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna try to pick like the my favorite one oh, that, yeah. that I could find. I, uh, hold on, I'm gonna yeah. look at our episodes real quick because I want to see like if there mm-hmm. was any episode especially that I had trouble with. Um, Bo yeah. Burnham's Inside was a decently difficult one. Um, 
Perfect. Yeah. Blue, perfect blue. I didn't even use a shot from the movie. I used the promo image because it's just that good looking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did the same thing for Spider Man just because like it's 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 three movies. What do you want, what do you want me yeah, to do? I so understand I just pick one, one that could work for both. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's a picture for uh, Spider Man Two because you can see Doc Ox uh, Doc Ox reflection in uh, Spider Man's eyes. <laughs> My uh, favorite. I still think probably my favorite uh, thumbnail out of our early episodes to me is probably probably House because I think that's one of my favorite shots of the movie is the one with all like yeah. the blue heads. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember when uh, when you first sent me like the the visuals for oh, the, yeah. the yeah. <laughs> thumbnails and uh, for the layout, I saw. I think the the house th- thumbnail was the one that I said that was really like, oh my god, this is so cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. But um, um, that's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about all I had to say for Chunking. Um, yeah, same of, for me. Like, I think. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, what what else can we really say about it? It's mm-hmm. just such a such a great movie that i know i'm going to be watching for years to come yeah it's it's one of the best examples on how to how to show a simple story well yes but yeah that's that's about it for chunking all right (laughs) um let's see i'm trying to think uh do you have any like uh big big topics that you wanted to talk about? Um, not really. Like usually, we always end up talking about um what movies we saw in the the past week. And I I'll be perfectly honest, I haven't seen that many movies. Mm-hmm. I've only seen three. Uh, and they in a uh very Canadian fashion, I saw th- two of, two of those three movies are hockey movies. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, and I don't really have a lot of them. You saw you yeah. saw more than I saw. I only saw one, but it was it's it's a big topic movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what what were the ones that you watched? Uh, it was uh Slapshot mm. and Goon. I've seen Slapshot. Uh, so slap. Yeah, so Slapshot is a movie from 1977 with uh, Paul Newman, and um, Goon is a uh, is a is a movie from 2011. It's quite a lot more recent, and those movies um, are kind of like t- tied uh, together in my head because <laughs> so those are two comedy movies about hockey, and more specifically about the. Uh, how absurd it is that hockey players fight each other and uh, <laughs> that's the main joke in both of those movies like in goon the the main character is a terrible hockey player but he can't throw a punch mm-hmm. and usually when he's on the ice it's just like to to punch some, someone but the thing that's interesting with those two movies is that so they're they're fine comedies i thought slapshot was a bit boring but you know they're fine it, comedies. It uh, the thing is, yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing is, what's really interesting is that so, as I've said many, many, many times in the podcast before, I am uh, from Quebec and I am from you know a French-speaking family and everything, and uh, I, I always watch my uh, movies in English, except for a few 
sp- specific movies. And those two movies are part of them because... Really? So, all right. That's... That's interesting. I'm going to try to explain it to... Yeah, I'm going to try to explain this to someone who doesn't speak French. But basically, <laughs> the Canadian, the Quebec accent is very weird compared to the French accent. The best way to explain it is it's as if the French accent was the American accent and the Quebec accent was the Scot- a, a Scottish accent. Oh, my God. Just to show, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, but usually, uh, well, well, so for... A bunch of different reasons, which like I don't feel like going into because that's really complicated. Uh, they dub movies uh, in France, in France, and we dub our own like we make our own dubs in Quebec. Um, but they're still with a like not a French accent, but a, a neutral accent. Mm. Um, and uh, there are, there are a few movies that for some reason are dubbed in a Quebec accent. Famous examples are uh, The Simpsons. Wait, really? Or uh, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. All right, another 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 example of something that I cannot watch in English is The Simpsons because the Quebec dub is like so iconic to me. Really? Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it's amazing. <laughs> um, and also the Garfield movies, like the live action Garfield movies. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, love they are. I love that. I love that. So it's just like. So it's obviously also the case for both Goon and Slapshot. Mm. And it, it makes the movie so. I definitely, definitely think it makes the movie so much funnier. Because it's <laughs> like they're. You know, the, the characters in those movies, like, at least in the French dub, like, swear a lot. And the. Like, I. I am proud of my accent mainly because of the swear words. That's that's because, the thing I remember like, about um, English Slapshot is that I don't remember there being that many swear words because I'm pretty sure it was PG. At least over here in the States, <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh, boy. The, all right. Everyone in in the, the Quebec dub, everyone swears all the fucking time. <laughs> and it's there's something about in quebec about our swear words which is so we we i'm i'm not afraid to say that we have the best the best swear words in any language in any accent that's just i'm sorry to say but we do uh can i, can I have some examples and so, ooh, 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 all right i would love i would love to know i'm <laughs> absolutely i'm gonna tell you the main one it's kind of like our fuck that's basically our fuck what is it? uh so it's it's tabarnak. I've heard. I've heard that one. <laughs> yeah, it's and basically. So what's interesting about kind of like the the Quebec swear words tangent? What's interesting about our swear words is that they're all. I think every single one of them are uh, related to uh, religion, to Catholic religion, because all Quebec right. used to be extremely religious, and those were like the words you could not say. Could could not say like. Uh, and so, tabarnak is, uh, hold on, let me just, I'm not exactly sure what it is in English, let me just... Oh, by the way, I was wrong, Slapshot is rated R. I don't know why I thought it was PG. Oh, alright. I think, I think I've got that mixed up with, um, the fact that planes, trains, and automobiles, um, 
was mm. originally PG, except for when they added that scene where uh, Steve Martin says says fuck like twenty times. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. So all right. Uh. Hold on. Just hold on. I I should have prepared for this. Um. <laughs> Hold on, I'm doing some research on religion. I was not prepared to do that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in the the word in English would be tabernacle, which I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it is a religious <laughs> tabernacle. Thing. I, I yeah, that sounds like a fishing term. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> tabernacle. Um, what does it mean? Yeah, there are. It is, okay, there okay. are some other swear words. It, yeah, it means a fixed or movable habitation, typically of light construction, or a meeting place for worship, uh, used by some Protestants or or Mormons. So how did that oh, become hold a on. swear I found, word? There's, hold on, hold on. I found I, there's another word. There's another uh, meaning uh, for those uh, Christian traditions, which. Uh, a tabernacle or a sacrament house is a fixed. Oh no, you're just reading the same thing. Uh, it's a, it's a church thing, and it's basically like, I don't know. It's just a lot of, uh, um, a lot of swear words are just uh religion thing. The biggest like easiest example to understand is uh Chris, which is Christ. Uh, it is although it is, I think it is like more of a swear words in Quebec than in English. Very much so. Um, you say price? Yeah. Uh, Christ. Christ. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, like Jesus. Like I mean, Jesus. it's 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 not that big of a swear word over here. I mean, if you say it around it's, some like yeah. really big Christians, like they won't be happy. No. All right. Like like the like if yeah, you, if no, you go if you like if you're like oh Christ, like a lot of people are gonna be like oh don't yeah don't do that. But yeah, most people are not gonna right. care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't to give an example. I don't think I could go on TV and say Chris. You don't think so? <laughs> I don't think so. Definitely um, not. A, definitely not Tabernacle. You can't say no. that. Uh, <laughs> no, dude. Uh, tabernacle is the big one, <laughs> and is like uh, even even one that like I'm, I don't even dare to say because like ooh. They're, oh really? That's, that's they're, a dirty word. That that's one. <laughs> no, I do. Or... I, I I I do like say it, but like right. It always feels a bit like ooh. I'm that's, saying a dirty word. That's like the ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Kind of like just the, uh, just give the last one. There is also uh, uh, est. Uh, well, more the pronunciation, which is uh, like the um, it's like the, the thing in re- religion that's like the you know the kind of type of like candy that is like supposed to be the Christ's body. Uh, do you know what what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that it's that basically. Okay. Uh, yeah, and when it's not used, it's it's like when when they're not used in a religion thing like in back in the 50s when we when it was super religious um it was considered as like you know a, a bad thing to say and so like it it's it, it somehow became a very important part of our culture and i'm very happy about that 
uh, I think it's really funny. But it is yeah. really funny. It's <laughs> I think it's mm-hmm. I always think it's really funny to hear about um I guess other yeah. other cultures uh slang. Like I I was or even like even like slang between mm-hmm. like communities. Like um I have a friend who's oh, re- yeah. who's really into uh hockey. Um and uh he was the one that I went to uh, Florida with uh last summer. And uh, mm. because his family lives there, right. and you know he had a lot of hockey friends that we would hang out with, and they started saying stuff yeah. that I was like, <laughs> out out of this world laughing at, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's one that I legitimately said that's not a word mm-hmm. is when they said, uh, it, they said I think it was Bardowski down the tendy. And I think I turned to my friend. I was like, what the hell did you just say to me? And <laughs> I'm, look- I'm looking up right now. I do not remember it. I think that's exactly what it was, what it was but I do not remember what that was, what it meant. Okay, it, a hockey hmm. term that, me- that describes shooting the puck at the net and having it hit the crossbar and drop down into the goal. Okay. Oh. All right. That seems oddly specific. <laughs> it, I, I guess it's a term because I, I, I remember because so. I remember he was like, "You can ask everybody that we hang out with." So every day I was just like, "What does this mean?" And they would tell me exactly what it meant, and I was floored hmm. by it. <laughs> but I yeah. love, it's I like, love, I love it so much. <laughs> it's like uh, in the past year I. That's another example. In the past year, I watched a lot of like uh, British TV shows and movies <laughs> and uh, YouTubers, and I got like kind of into like uh, I, I do really like British slangs and just the British accent in general. <laughs> and like my 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 older brother is like really trying hard to learn the Scottish accent because he really loves it. <laughs> um, and it's like I cannot make anything that almost looks like almost sounds like a british accent but i just like love to kind of like joke with my brother and just be like oi oi mate oi 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 um oi <laughs> there's okay yeah have you ever heard of the baltimore accent no i don't think so okay so this is the most insane thing i've ever heard I have never been to Baltimore. For those for, for those who are who are not in the states, Baltimore is a mm-hmm. city in the state of Maryland, uh, which is kind of on the uh, eastern seaboard. Uh, but they talk with some of the things they say sound like absolute nonsense, and I I, <laughs> I can't even replicate it. I. Okay, I'm going to find the video that is, like, the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I'm going to put it in our little chat, and you can watch it. Because that's <laughs> that's just how, like, unexplainable All right. it is. Alright. It's like... Hang on. Yes! Oh my god, I found it. I'm so happy. <laughs> Alright. Okay. <laughs> hang on, let me put it in. Yeah. All right, there it is. Hold on. All right. Just got my head. 
Pepper Latigan on the fuck with you, monocolences, tinger the dude. My man got the wave suckle of monocolences. <laughs> we got the suckle of monocolences on the fuck with you, duckletoots. What is he saying? Oh, play, 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 play. I don't know. <laughs> Pepper Latigan on the fuck with the smackolences. Dude, he sounds. Why does he sound so British? <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna put the audio in the episode yeah. or something, it is so. Oh yeah. Absolutely insane. And like that—that's the mm -hmm. thing with most like accents. Like with a Boston accent, you can you can kind of see like okay, I know what they're saying, kinda. Um, and with like mm -hmm. with even with a Scottish accent, you can go like oh, that's where those words like morph into. With the Baltimore accent, accent, mm -hmm. I don't even really feel like they're saying anything. Like that's that's how, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I remember that was one of my like mm -hmm. that was one of my like COVID quarantine rabbit holes I went on for like a night. Was like trying to figure out what they're saying, and I just couldn't. <laughs> uh, well, it's like, oh man, it's like the the first time that I really discovered like truly how what like what the the Scottish accent is. I think it was like by watching videos of uh, maybe like Lewis Capaldi, mm. uh, <laughs> who was just like you know, for those who don't know him, he's a very very talented singer who. Um, <clears throat> is incredibly scottish in like his accent and uh he does not ever try to hide it in interviews <laughs> which i think is really cool uh but it's also like it's I, I i've gotten better at this like i i can listen to him and i can understand what he's saying but like at first i was like what 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 is that <laughs> and it's like um uh last summer i was watching a show with my mom uh, called Broadchurch with uh, David Ten as the um, as the main character, and uh, he's got a very like he he's a Scottish actor and he has a very Scottish accent in that show. And uh, like I I remember that my mom had like trouble uh, listening to him and like tr truly understanding what he was saying. <laughs> uh, which I, I yeah I mean I kind of understand yeah. Uh, accents are funny, man. <laughs> They are they are really funny. I love, I, yeah. I love hearing it, and I think it's really funny, uh, because like, in my eyes, obviously, like I have no accent. I don't even think I really do. Cause yeah, because I think there's well, that's what I heard. There's like just a segment I think of the United States that just has an accent that just doesn't really have an accent, but technically it is. I just like to think yeah. of it as nothing. Well, is is <laughs> is so. What were you gonna say? Is, well, isn't it a thing that like is isn't it a thing that like the Ohio accent is like the <laughs> basic like ground zero accent of the U.S. <laughs> kind of like, isn't yeah. that a thing? No, completely. Um, yeah, yeah. Like Ohio, Indiana. Once you get to Kentucky, you start getting some southern accents. But like around around here yeah. is where it's like, oh yeah, this is this is how most yeah. Americans talk. Um, but there is, there are some things that the, like Ohioans say that a lot of people don't, I guess the, the big thing is, uh, yeah, the, I, okay. The, the big one that everybody says on Twitter and everything that became like a big meme for a while is, uh, is like the, the Midwestern thing of, uh, or like the Midwestern and Mideastern thing of saying like, Oh, didn't see you there. Or like, or, or like when you're passing by someone go like, Oh, <laughs> Oh. 
Like I don't do I don't go the whole I don't go the whole nine yards and say like oh I didn't see you there I I do say oh though <laughs> like my the biggest thing yeah the biggest thing that I do and I notice I I catch myself doing this so much is like when I'm driving <laughs> and like I almost do like do something illegal I just look and I go oh shit all right and I just keep going. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but I catch myself sometimes, and I'm like, I guess that is our, I guess that is our thing, even if we don't have an accent. <laughs> yeah, because to me, like, in my head, the map of like the U.S. accent <laughs> is like, like if you go on like the, like on like the the northeast and like New York and Boston, it's like very Italian influenced. Like, hey, I'm walking over here. That the, the, if you the basic, do that to New Yorkers, you know, they will kill you. It is so oh, funny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you do the way hey, I'm walking here, you will get hit. It is so hey, I'm funny. I'm walking over here. But like, it's... My, fa- my brother's favorite thing to say is like, <laughs> hey, I'm walking over here. What do you mean you don't pronounce the G in sandwich? Sandwich. <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> I think um, um, my fa- hmm. like the U.S. map of accents really is like towards the northern hmm. states you're just going to get, like, the normal accent, like, what I sound like right now. You're just going to get that. Yeah. Uh, But if you go, like, anywhere south of Kentucky, like, in that whole area, southern accents. Mm-hmm. Except for, obviously... Yeah. Except for, obviously, um, you know, the, like, western seaboard, like, with California, Nevada, New Mexico, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that's going to be just either regular ways I'm talking right now or like some other kind of accent. And then you get the, the yeah. really funny ones that are like localized entirely within cities, like the Baltimore accent or the Boston accent. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird that that's how like language works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's like for, uh, for the, in California, like, California definitely has its own accent that I cannot uh, reproduce, but it's definitely like I'll be watching a video and it'll be like, "Yep, you're from California for sure." I almost want. So I, I, like, I almost ah, want you to reproduce um, it because I. It's like um, um, I don't know. How I to, guess you do. They've got a lot of I guess, fry. I love like ah um, uh, in their in their voice. I guess there um, is. I, actually, um, if it. I always imagine, like, when I'm doing this accent, I always imagine, like, having a Starbucks cup in my hand. Oh, my God, yeah. Although uh, well, a lot of that... It is. That's that's more of a way, like, that. definitely California. They do that a lot. Uh, there are some uh, hmm. mainly girls up here that talk like that. Um, but hmm. but it, is, it is mostly there. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the way that I imagine, like, the, my representation of... What the California California accent is is just the way that Kim Kardashian talks, <laughs> like a representation of like Kim Kardashian, and like Paris Hilton and those kinds of people. It's just like what I what I imagine when I think of like Californian accent. <laughs> I guess it would be that would be most of it. Like yeah. a lot of the a lot of I, I guess a lot of California people do kind of talk like that, um, but I've never been, so mm-hmm. I can't really say. <laughs> Yeah, the furthest I've been out there is a uh, Las Vegas, and they just kind of talk normal, or talk talk like I'm talking now. Yeah, I've never really heard of a. Uh, yeah, I've never really heard of a like Las Vegas accent. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. 
Hmm. Last thing that I want to say about accent isn't it the thing that, like the UK is the place that has the most like regional accent? Oh, absolutely. There's... And it's like <laughs> you'll go from a village to another one. It's, it's like as if they speak completely different languages. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's really, really strange. But, it is yeah. really strange. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We were talking about uh, movies. So you watched uh, Slapshot Goon. Yeah. And, uh, what was the third one? The third? Oh, yeah. The third one is Tokyo Godfathers Ooh. by Satoshi Kon. I saw that on your letterbox uh, last night. Yeah. So I have now officially watched every single movie directed by satoshi khan i still have paranoia agent to watch very impressive uh mm-hmm. thank you it's only four movies but thank you very much <laughs> i mean i still haven't uh, watched them for some reason oh my god too. uh well so tokyo godfathers and millennium actress i feel like kind of like are are his two m- more obscure movies i feel like when when people talk about satoshi khan they always talk about um paprika and perfect blue mm-hmm. and uh I will say the reason why those movie are those movies are more obscure is not because of their quality, because I've said like Millionaire Actress is one of my favorite movies ever and it's my favorite by Satoshi Kon and Tokyo Godfathers is really really good too. Yeah, it's so it's definitely his most, uh, it's his funniest, definitely his most comedy f- uh, focused movie, um, and it's his, I don't know, in like in my head when I think of Satoshi Kon, I, I think of like kind of like almost psychedelic stories where you're just watching it and you're like, oh, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and so if you think about it that way, then Tokyo Godfathers probably is his least Satoshi Kon movie. There are a few, like there, there's a dream sequence uh, in particular that is quite like, you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, Satoshi Kon, there it is. I see it. <laughs> um, but in general, it really is more of a comedy about basically the story is uh, three homeless people who uh, d- find a baby that they, they found in the trash. And instead of like going to the police and uh, telling them about it, they try to go on their own quest to find the, the, the baby's parents. <laughs> and um, it is like, it is, as I said, very funny, but it also is very sweet and it's a very it's a very beautiful film about like you know the the way that the characters are developed it's like the this movie has a very small amount of characters and like you've got these three characters and then a bunch of small characters all throughout so it's very very focused on those three and by the end of the movie you you're just like you just get so familiar with with them and you're you you really get attached to them which i think is really great um Honestly, in terms of like writing characters, it's probably Satoshi Kon's best film. Mm. Uh, honestly, I really like it. Um, I think if I were to rank his movies from uh, favorite to le- from least favorite to favorite, it would be uh, I think it would be Paprika, Tokyo Godfathers, Perfect Blue, and Millennium Actress. Okay, I think that would be it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was. Like, I really didn't plan on watching it, but it was just, like, me yesterday being very bored and being like, I want to watch a movie. <laughs> um, and I noticed that it was on Netflix and it, that it was only an hour and a half. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to watch it. And another good thing is it's an hour and a half, but it feels like 20 minutes. <laughs> like, it's one of those movies. 
Oh, that's great. Uh, that was really great. So yeah, Tokyo Godfather is a really good film. Yeah. So um, as for the movie that I saw, uh, there is so okay. The thing with um, I don't know if this happened in the, I don't know if this happened in Quebec, but uh, over here in the you know northern Ohio, we got hit with a massive snowstorm uh, a couple weeks ago that really uh, that really did a number on us. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it, for one thing, uh, buried my car, which I do not, I do not have a good car. Like it doesn't, it, it would, it does not do well right. in the snow. Uh, but it completely buried my mm. car in snow. And until very recently, I could not get out of my, yeah, I could you... not get out of my driveway or <laughs> out of my parking lot. <laughs> uh. But, um, do you have like uh, snow tires? No, for, uh, I don't. I, I, for your car, I need to get those. Mm. But um, probably so should. <laughs> what uh, like see that's that's the problem though is that it's so inconsistent over here because it's like last year it snowed really bad once, like we got oh, right. we got one day where it was like really bad and then it melted hmm. the next day and for some reason it's sticking now. Yeah. <laughs> but um. So I bring this up because um, I've been wanting to see this movie that came into theaters uh, last week called uh, Bell, and it is uh, the new film by uh, let me see um, mm. the new film by uh, Mamoru Hosada uh, Hosuada, who directed um, yep. really big anime movies like uh, like Mirai which is the only anime mm-hmm. film not Studio Ghibli to be nominated for an Oscar. Uh, the Girl Who Left From Time, Wolf Children, Summer Wars, Boy and the Beast. He directed a, some One Piece, I think. But he's huge. And this is and this mm-hmm. was a big, big movie release. And I was like, yeah, I really want to see this. And uh, my friend Ryan was also like, yeah, let's go see this. Uh, but until literally last night, I realized... Or until literally last night, I couldn't get my car out. But I, when I realized that I was able to drive it free, I immediately called my guy. Called my friend. I'm like, "Let's go now," or like, "Let's go see it tonight." Uh, and so we saw uh, Bell, which is just breathtaking. <laughs> like, okay, so I'm not gonna yeah. sp- I'm not gonna spoil anything about the story, obviously. Um, but it does, it is, mm-hmm. it is worth mentioning that, uh, it is a movie that is, uh, that loosely takes some, uh, story beats or like just some story elements from, uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, but is just, you know, mm. is much different enough to where it's like its own thing. Um, and I will right. say in terms of my actual thoughts on the movie, I thought the story could have been pulled off better but i think the visuals and the music especially was so amazing mm. that i don't even care like i don't care that the story is like not right. that great it is just so insane it's the first time that i've really paid mm. attention to a movie's uh, score in a long time like it is just so mm. beautiful like the the like the the vocal the vocal songs are great um just the regular like instrumentals are incredible 
it is by all means a fantastically like soundtracked movie and visually too the animation is amazing because it it takes a lot of um there are scenes that are animated in 2d and uh i if this were like a regular movie discussion i'd you know, I'd, I'd kind of go into it, but I won't. But it's like, some scenes are 2D. Uh, but a good bit of the film is animated with uh, 3D CGI, like uh, like Beastars uses. Uh, and much like Beastars, mm-hmm. it really excels at using it. And the sense hmm. of... Um, the sense of scale in this movie is insane. Like, it is so... It's so big. Like, it... It feels like it feels like watching Castle in the Sky from Studio Ghibli for the first time. That's what it felt like watching that in the theater. All right. It mm-hmm. is so incredible. And if you <laughs> if if anybody has the chance to see this while it's in theaters, I would take it. But definitely when it comes out on a demand or Blu-ray or anything like that, rent it, buy it. It's just oh my god. It's so good. One of the best yeah. one of the best uh theater movies i've seen in a good bit but yeah um yeah a thing i learned about it too which is absolutely insane is that uh this year at the uh, Cannes film festival it received um a 14 minute standing ovation which was the longest at the festival yeah. that that year um hmm. uh, even more than french dispatch which is surprising so yeah i think that's like that's like the 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 thing that i that i find really funny about ken which is like whenever the end of film they always like do a 10 minute long standing ovation which is like really to me really just sounds so like i I don't know i feel like i would hate that if i were the the director (laughs) like just just 10 minutes of people clapping and just like like, yep it's like all right all right right. i get it (laughs) yeah dude i honestly like if i were the director i just after two minutes i just i just pick up the mic and be like all right all right i get it (laughs) but yeah uh yeah but yeah bella's bella's really good that's kind of all i have to say about it Mm -hmm. um all right but yeah um trying to think of other other things to talk about well i i could just mention like i probably would have tried to watch bell uh if theaters were open in quebec oh no did they close theaters? because they did they did oh. uh the at the end of december oh. but 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 they announced this week that they're going to reopen the theaters in february 7th oh okay I'm, so I'm assu- at least I'm assuming, that's that i'm assuming but... they closed it because of the pandemic y- yeah 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 <laughs> um so so yeah i'm excited for when they're gonna reopen i don't know what movie i don't i don't know what movies i'm gonna be watching but it's really annoying because it's like they're uh there's a particular uh theater that i really like that was supposed to show drive my car oh. uh, throughout January, and so now I hope that they're gonna still show it in February because I really want to watch it. Yeah, my uh, my local art house theater is showing Drive My Car, 
uh, in early February, and yeah, I really hope that we don't get like closed before then because that's. I'm not saying that's what it's looking like yeah. over here, but it is getting kind of bad. Like it seems, it seems like I hmm. I can't go a day without hearing about someone not in my like inner circle, but someone in like maybe like a college professor that I have getting uh, exposed to it, or someone that I know getting exposed yeah. to it. It's just it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, well, we've got also like. Uh... Like this week, I think. Uh, uh, hold on, before I say that, I just really want to check my facts because I'm not entirely sure of that. Um, all right, so well, there, there's the singer Meatloaf who, very unfortunately, oh, passed away yeah. this week, and a lot of people are. I don't think it's been like actually confirmed, but a lot of people are saying that it was because of COVID nineteen. Mm. Um, and it always sucks when like you. Uh, you, you hear a celebrity that actually like you know pretty much every single celebrity has gotten it but you hear someone that like died from it that sucks yeah it's just it's just the worst yeah and meatloaf too oh my god yeah i mean you know what what i think is interesting about meatloaf is i like you know he's mostly a singer but i've like I don't know his music at all. I just know him from the movies he's been in. It's the same. It's the same here. Like, like, like mm. with the exception of his album uh, "Bad Out of Hell," which is like a really famous uh, album over here, at least from that era. Um, yeah. But uh, like his his roles in like Rocky Horror, Fight Club, like those are the mm. those are the ones that are like yeah, that's what I know Meatloaf from. Yeah. I mean, in my. In my opinion, he's got the best song in all the the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> uh, and I mean his his performance in uh, Fight Club was really, really good. It really is like a stand up performance from that movie with even even in that movie with really good performances. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's just a just a shame that we lost him. We lost a uh, comedian yep. comedian Louis Anderson. Just today, actually, we lost the um, mm-hmm. the original voice actor uh, for uh, Charlie Brown. Yeah, I saw that earlier today. Yeah, just insane. Mm. Uh, yeah, sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we even lost the. Uh... Betty White, mm-hmm. like at the very end of uh, 2021. Yeah, that was a bad one. It's like that was a bad one. Yeah, it, it feels like for the past few months, like it, it feels like for uh, the past few months, pretty much every day I see like someone that that died, and a lot of time it's not someone that that I know of. Like it's gonna be like Criterion mentioning a uh, smaller director uh, that passed away that I'm not familiar with, mm-hmm. or it's gonna be a certain. Uh, a certain musician that I'm not aware of their music and um, you, you know if, even if I don't know them it's all, it always sucks and especially like in the past few months it feels like there's been uh, even more people that I know like big names that uh, that died yeah I don't know I, I, I've been I've been messed up on these celebrity deaths since uh mf doom died back in 20 at the end of 2020 
Um, with mm-hmm. with and uh, in Norm Macdonald, too. It, it, near yeah. The last year. Oh, did we mm-hmm. talk about Bob Saget passing away? That one was really sad. No, we didn't talk about. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's. Yeah, that one. That one got me. Yeah. Because I, that was. It's not a great show, but I used to watch Full House all the time when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I've said how. Um... Uh, how I'm a big How I Your Mother fan, and he does like the narration, like the yeah. voiceover in the show, and his voice is so like, like I'll be honest, I didn't know him until I watched How I Your Mother, just because I'm not that familiar with uh, American stand-up comedians. Right. And uh, the first time I watched his stand-up, I was just it, it almost felt felt weird because it means like, no, it's uh, old Ted Mosby from uh, How I Your Mother. That's not. It just felt it felt weird to hear him talk about like sex. Dude, jokes imagine how I felt. My first exposure to Bob Saget was from oh yeah, was from Full House, where he's Danny Tanner, the most wholesome <laughs> dad on TV in the '90s, and now here he is on on stand up yeah. <laughs> on stage going crazy. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if you have. I feel like I had. Um, I feel like I had another thing to talk uh, to talk about. I, just gotta remember it. I mean, I get. I I do have a, a mini thing that I talked about with you over the past couple weeks, but didn't want to mm-hmm. mention publicly until I. Oh yeah. Just went for it. Uh, so I started streaming <laughs> on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started by streaming uh, the indie game Amori. Um, but I plan to stream a lot more of just uh, just stuff in the future. But it was mm-hmm. something that I guess I just I wanted to like jump into the deep end with it because I didn't want to just it, I didn't want it to be one of those things where I say that I'm gonna do it and then not end up doing it. Um, so I just I was like I'm like screw it I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk about. I'm going to say that I'm going to do it on Twitter and I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I talked about it with like a mm-hmm. few people, including Phil, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I am a streamer now. So now, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, this, this will have already happened, uh, by the time that this episode comes out, but, uh, we're recording this on the uh, Wednesday before, uh, the Friday release, so on Thursday I'll be streaming some more Amori. But the thing with mm-hmm. the thing with uh, Twitch is that I'm not I, I I don't have a schedule with it because like yeah it's it's really gonna be like when am I available to do it because I have obviously school and everything I'm getting a job soon so it's you know it's a lot <laughs> but mm-hmm. but yeah I do yeah I that's a that's a thing I do now and that's really something i've been wanting to do for a while but i guess i haven't been ready to <laughs> yeah it's like um what was it on monday when you streamed yes that is monday um, night yeah i looked i looked at i looked up your uh, live stream on twitch and i saw that you had like seven seven viewers which is more than i've ever had in like on my entire twitch channel really uh yeah, that was mainly. But I guess I just haven't talked about it to uh, as many people as you. It was, I th- yeah, I think it was it was mainly my friends that I had mentioned that I was doing this to, and people that followed me on Twitter, which is not too many. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was. I did not expect that many people to stick around. Like, uh, like my girlfriend was there yeah. for like a while, uh, but she had to go at some point. My friend, my friend was there the entire time, which was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. it, I I did not expect uh, that big a turnout, and I really don't uh, expect uh, that big a turnout in the future. <laughs> um, yeah. But I guess I will, I will say this uh, for the podcast. But after Amori is done, I'm going to, or not even after it's done, probably like soonish, I'm going to start streaming uh, the uh, the new Five Nights at Freddy's game, Security Breach. Um, oh, really? <laughs> because I uh, I've been wanting to play it for a while, and I just I don't know. I didn't have like a way to justify it in my head until like I thought about like. Hey, why don't I just stream it? Because hmm. I wanted to play it by myself. And I'm like, no, nah, yeah. I don't really want. I don't. I don't really know if that'd be too fun. And like, maybe I should just play it online with some of my friends. I'm like, or maybe, like, maybe, I could stream it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I have a. Well, it's, I have a yeah. Twitch channel now, and I also have a VODs channel that you can find through my YouTube channel. But that's that's that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we we need to update the layout so that we can add your Twitch channel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I really like at the beginning of the year, I said like, oh, I'm gonna stream like uh, I'm gonna make a schedule and I'm gonna stream three times a, a week, and I ended up not doing that. Uh, just because I feel like I I'm not really like I know that I want to stream, but I'm not really sure what I want to do. Mm. I get like you. what games I want to play because the issue is like that I in general I don't really play that many games mm. um, so I feel like maybe I sh- gaming is not the thing that really works best for me but I think also the, the the main thing is I don't like just talking to myself for three hours I think that's the main thing yeah I understand so, like, that and like in the mm-hmm. future see, my biggest thing right now is like I enjoy, like, streaming by myself. Like, I know for the rest of Amori, I'm going to do it like that. Probably for Security Breach, I'll stream by myself. But, like, I know mm-hmm. I in the future I have plans to, like, stream with other people in a Discord call. Because it, it really is. That, mm-hmm. that, to me, really is, like, when streams are most interesting. There aren't a whole lot of streamers that I personally personally watch that, like, I think can keep up that momentum by themselves. Like there's obviously yeah. like the one I watch the most is a uh, German nine eight five. Uh, mm. but, um, or like I'll watch like Ludwig sometimes he can do it pretty well. Yeah. I love Ludwig. Yeah. But there's like, mm-hmm. but like there's also sometimes where it's like, I just like streams where there's like just multiple people, you know, just making jokes. Cause yeah. usually that's good. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I, I told you that, and, like, we got to do this. We got to find a game oh, yeah. that we could stream together. <laughs> like, I, like the other day I was looking through my uh, my Steam account, and I didn't find anything. Uh, I do, like, that's kind of, like, a, a thing that I'm putting on the table. I've been, me, I've been like, wanting to... I, I, know, I don't know if you can play that uh, online, but I've been wanting to play a Lego game on my twitch channel for a while there are some because i think that would be a lot of fun I think yeah there, I, there... I, I have uh 
I, I've already got like the the two Harry Potter ones, obviously. Uh, I also have the uh, Lord of the Ring one that I bought recently in the in a sale. Okay, wait. Can you because I was curious. Can you play the Harry Potter ones like online natively? I don't think you can. Did they I, add that? I don't. I don't know, but no, I don't. That well, because I so unfortunately. Unfortunately, I remember. I remember that yeah. one didn't have it because I remember my friend and I tried to do the whole uh, Steam remote play mm-hmm. thing or whatever, and it was just awful. <laughs> like it was so bad. Shit. Um, well, my light just fell off. Hold on a sec. What's that? My light fell off. I have oh. a small light that I put on my monitor and it just fell off. Oh no! All right, it's good. All right, everything's good now. Um, um, let me see. Like, I'm actually curious now. I, I am looking at <laughs> like yeah. Lego games that have multiplayer built in. Um, we'll have to find that because I I would be yeah. You have no idea how down I would be to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be so cool. <laughs> uh yeah. I I think it's more recent games that are going to have that. Yeah. Uh, like the um, what was it the uh, the Skywalker saga is coming out soon. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. If that. Well, I've also got as I said, I've also got the Lord of the Rings, which is a more recent one. So. It might have it. It might. That that might not be a bad idea. Let me let me check it. Uh, it seems like it's just local multiplayer. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I th- yeah. Never mind. It is. That's a shame. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Um. We we we're gonna find something. We'll find something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I don't think I don't think there's anything more that I had to talk about from this week. It's mainly just been for me classes. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> it's just classes. Yeah, dude. Like this week's been kind of a blur to, for me. Uh, like I've just been working on like YouTube and watching like youtube videos and sleeping a lot <laughs> that's been fun uh yeah hmm ah shit i, f- I felt like i had another thing that i wanted to mention but i don't remember what <laughs> that's pretty annoying well should we should should we talk about next week's film? I guess we should. I mean, it, it is a decently short episode this time around, but uh, we don't really have much more to talk about. Yeah. I guess. Um, mm. let me see. There is one I have in mind, but I want to do randomized just to see if it gives me one that's better. Uh, mm. God, I really want to rewatch this movie though. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. Are you okay? Are you uh, before before I do this? Are you all right with next yeah. week's film being a bit of a longer one? Uh, depends what it is. So I was thinking, but I think <laughs> I think I know what you're gonna say. Okay, uh, I was thinking that next week's film could be uh, Solaris, directed by Andre Tarkovsky. 
Oh. I I thought you might sing that, but I thought since you were mostly talking about like a longer film, I thought we were gonna say Seven Samurai. Oh God. <laughs> which I which I really didn't feel like talking about. No, no. Uh, mostly that I didn't feel like you know spending two and a, uh, three and a half hours of my of my week oh, I watching that. that. Uh, no, I could be. No, I'm down for Solaris. Yeah. Well, Solaris is about two hours and uh, near nearly two hours and fifty minutes, so it is a longer yeah. one, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, all right, it, I, I think it's it's one of those longer movies that like I remember when I watched it, it felt like it di- it didn't felt like it went by fast. It felt like it was just like I was just there like absorbing it mm. it is such a if 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 we could describe chunking express as a vibe solaris is a whole different vibe <laughs> <laughs> it is something right. else so um, i hope everybody's ready for that <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but there's just another thing that i was thinking about recently which is can you believe that this is our first, like, this episode is our first time talking about a Criterion movie since Tampopo. What? Really? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> so, it's been, it's been 10 episodes. Wow. It has been 10 episodes since we last talked yeah. about a Criterion movie. Oops. Um, yeah. And, I mean, when, like, when we started, we were talking about, like, mostly that. Yeah. And we well, just like, kind of Yeah, because we went from, like. House, Memories of Murder, Harold and Maude, Punch Drunk Love, Tampopo. Uh, and we did kind of stop with that. But, um... We, we kind of went to, like, to talk about mostly, like, big classics. That's true, yeah. But, I mean, we're talking about... Yeah. We talked about Chunking Express today, and we're talking about Solaris next week, which Solaris is a Criterion film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Yep. And, oh, and also it was, like, it's not as big of a... Like that big, but uh, it's our first episode since Spirited Away that's not like a uh, an American movie. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so it, it's been like well, Monty five. Well, Monty Python's British. Quite a lot. English speaking. Oh, okay, let's, yeah, let's yeah, put it yeah. There. I guess this is it then. Alrighty. Well. Um, all right well thank you very much for watching this uh this episode of movie dudes if you liked it you can like comment subscribe uh you can watch our uh our own content on our youtube channel and our on our twitch channels uh we're also on letterboxd and i think that that's pretty much it mm-hmm. so uh thanks again for watching and we'll see you next week to talk about solaris by andre tarkovsky bye, bye. bye. <laughs> Thank you.